This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We got a big week for Illinois football here, but potentially a bigger week for the future of Illinois basketball. And we are going to focus one podcast this week on Illini basketball and recruiting. And that means we have Derek Piper, our lead basketball reporter here to break it all down. We have unofficial visitors, a bunch of official visitors, some big class of 2022 targets here on campus. And Derek, it's, it's no rocket science of what Brad Underwood is trying to do here. Illinois football is this week zero uh, center stage national spotlight to take advantage of excitement with Brett Bielma excitement with fans finally back in the football stands 50,000 plus I would imagine uh, and Brad Underwood is like yeah that's a good weekend to bring, bring recruits seems pretty smart in my opinion yeah it makes a lot of sense just ride that week zero wave uh, for line of basketball just piggybacking on the line of football which is obviously a big weekend Brett Bielma kicking off his tenure and just a marquee matchup a big 10 match of Illinois, Nebraska, knowing that should be a great atmosphere inside of Memorial Stadium. Uh, this is the first week of classes for students. So uh, just kind of that amped up buzz uh, back on campus. So a great time to bring in some recruits and you got quite a, a talented list of them this week coming in. And obviously the team will be there with Kofi and Curbelo. Just uh, makes a lot of sense to try to sell your program, just try to sell Illinois and, and really have a showcase for a guy in, we'll, we'll break it all down, but a guy in Cam Corn who saw it over the summer just be a little bit more uh, amped up and hyped up. Uh, and then you're trying to sell Cam Whitmore uh, coming in as a potential five-star guy probably when he's done playing as a senior. Yeah, I just thought of this while you are talking about that, Derek. It's like the best environment Brad Underwood's had to sell with his program after a top 10 year. I know the tournament didn't go. We can keep using that qualifier. Didn't go the way they wanted to, right? So they weren't able to capitalize there, but a big 10 tournament championship. And now a Kofi coming back and Curbelo and, and just a really good team. You, you have even more buzz that, Hey, that, that wasn't going to be a one-off. Like we are going to be a big 10 contender, maybe a national contender yet again. And, and now you have all the kids on campus that that's all the basketball players on the coaching staff, all the new coaching staff and all these students and fans on campus. It's a, it's the first big opportunity Brad owners had to do that since they created all this excitement, even dating back to last year after they beat Iowa, right? It's like the biggest opportunity to sell themselves. Yeah. Since that regular season finale of the 2019, 20 season, where you had a couple of visitors there to, to see the Illinois, Iowa, uh, Kofi versus Luca regular season finale. But uh, this being that, that next opportunity has been a long time since then. It's seemed like forever since then. And, I know that during a, we're still not quite normal yet because normally you'd have that open workout and, and pack oven, uh, which you're not going to see this weekend, unfortunately, just out of precaution. Some awkward but well-intentioned fan uh, <laughs> We always got to bring that up, right? But Evil, uh, USA. Hey, I, I know it was well-intentioned, guys, but it was just kind of kind of weird. Yeah, I know. It's all part of the experience, but 
recruits will get a great feel, uh, get to feel that that buzz and, and that environment football game, be around the team. And uh, this really is the premier weekend of the fall for Atlanta basketball as far as recruiting goes, because outside of the guys they're bringing in, which we're going to talk about, there's some question marks about how many other guys they will really get in on or push for. Um, so this is an opportunity to add to what's already a nice start to the class, but uh, three guys coming in, well, four, including Jaden Epps, who's committed, uh, trying to, to bolster the 2022 class. Yeah, of course, we want to get in depth, Derek, about those uh, official visitors that are going to mean so much to the class of 2022. And, and honestly, it's a great sign that, you know, first chance uh, Illinois is able to get them on campus. But let's reset the class of 2022 a little bit. I feel like we have to at this point. But Illinois enters the fall semester with two commits from top 100 guards. That's a pretty good place to be with Jaden Epps, who mentioned he's taking his official this weekend. Uh, so he can help the cause. Sincere Harris out of Ohio uh, was the first commitment to the new staff. Uh, and as you long suggested, Derek, Reggie Bass is no longer part of the class, uh, which is currently 15th in the country, fourth in the Big Ten. Uh, what has Illinois accomplished so far uh, with those two pieces in place? Well, really, if you look at Brad Underwood's tenure, signing two guys in the fall, which they're already in line to do, is the most he's ever had in a early signing period. So to get not only guys on board early, but being at two top 100 guards in Epps and Sincere Harris, that's a great start. And like you mentioned, with Epps being able to come in this weekend and further sell other guys, that is a helpful dynamic at times. And you would think that just kind of his status in that class is one of the top you know, 10, 10 to 12 point guards in the country. You talk to a Cam Whitmore, Cam Corn. Uh, that's a that's a great thing to have at this point, you know, early on in August and moving into the fall official visits. So uh, really speaks a lot, which we've talked throughout the summer about Chester and uh, what he's brought to the table recruiting wise, his connections, his energy, and being able to close some of those down. I think that puts you in a, a very good spot. And if you were to get a Cam Whitmore, which would be the crown jewel of this class being that he's borderline five-star, that would solidify the fact that, okay, you're going to have a top 20 to 25 class for sure. That's without adding probably anybody else. And that would be the third third time consecutively that Underwood would bring in a top 25 class. Of course, he's going to be tough because Carolina's in there and, and there's some other big players. Uh, it's mostly, most people think it's boiled down to Illinois, North Carolina. Villanova's still a player as well, but uh, Otego away is coming in, a four-star guard. They really like to peach jam, Cam Corrin. Uh, a guy that's been a priority for a while. If you're able to get one or two of those guys, uh, excluding Whitmore, you would also be, you know, in that top 25 range nationally. And, and again, towards the top of the Big Ten. So I think as you look at it going into the fall, they position themselves to finish again in that kind of elite class in the Big Ten. Now, again, like Michigan, Ohio State, they're recruiting really, really well. And you kind of got to keep pace with them at least somewhat to try to have the same sustained success, success that you've had in conference. So uh, they've put themselves in a position to do that. Now it's, can you take a couple of steps further with some of these guys coming in this week? Yeah, feels like, uh, you know, I, I kind of wrote about in the digest a couple of weeks ago, Derek, like it's Michigan is recruiting at another level right now. Michigan State still can uh, haul in some some good players like Max Christie, uh, but it feels like Ohio State, Michigan are at the top level and Illinois has been right there. Kind of feels like they're kind of where Maryland was um, a couple of years ago. And that's a good place because Maryland uh, was one of the top teams in the Big Ten, top tier for, for a while there and, and certainly could be really good again this year. But uh, that seems like a pretty good place to be. 
uh, entering the fall. But uh, before we move on to the guys they're trying to add, the guys they lost, per se, um, Reggie Bass, A.J. Store, are those simply coaching change um, casualties from this class? Those guys both committed to the previous assistants. Is it as simple as you know, the new staff and, and those players just thought uh, a fresh start um, in recruiting was the best approach. That certainly factored into it for sure. And this new staff in terms of Underwood's new assistants definitely kept their eyes on those guys, stayed in contact with Reggie Bass and AJ Store and evaluated them throughout the summer. Uh, but definitely Store decommitting really after Chen Coleman was officially going to Kentucky. That, that showed that that connection played a big part in him going to Illinois and then not having Chin there. Uh, left some question marks as far as him ultimately ending back in that Illinois class, which he did, and he goes to St. John's. Uh, I think that the way that Storr played throughout the summer, if he went out there and exploded and, and continued to rise up in the rankings and everything, I think that Illinois maybe would have pushed the gas a little bit harder than maybe they did late. But ultimately, yeah, I think it just – hit a reset button on in store's mind as far as, you know, his allegiances and, and what he was thinking about recruiting wise and Reggie Bass, you know, Chester shows up with a handful of guards two that he's already gotten that he was really, really high on and wanted to, you know, make great efforts at and then get Epps and then get sincere Harrison, Harrison Bass are similar in terms of those longer guards who can play com kind of a combo role, six, four and, I think that once you take Harris in the summer, uh, there were some questions about just, you know, the fit alongside there and the competition. I think that both sides just ultimately felt like it, it was probably better to to move their separate ways. And, and that ultimately panned out here within the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, I think that the relationships, because O was on Bass and Chen was on store, that, that was definitely part of it. And uh, I think just also some of the other guys that the staff was going after and making some headway with um, factored in as well. Yeah. And I don't think there's much of a freak out from the Illinois fan base when you already have two top 100 guys committed at a similar uh, position. All right, Derek, let's break down some of these official visitors. Otega Owe. Uh, I know that name Owe from, from Penn state because uh, he used to be Jason Owe. Now I think he's a defu Owe uh, first round pick of, of the Baltimore Ravens. I believe very talented. Um, Otega Owe plays on the wing. What can you tell us about him? Why is he a top target for Illinois uh, and, and how would he fit in? Six foot four, bigger guard that can really get to the basket, uh, strong physical. So you thought about what AJ Store brought to the table in terms of just that physicality, that bigger guard or bigger wing that uh, could be a two-way impact player. Uh, that is what away brings. And he's higher ranked than store by, you know, 50, 60 spots uh, and was one of the, I mean, team final won the 17U Peach Champion, Peach Jam Championship and away was a big time standout, a, a huge part of that uh, and really stated his cases a guard that is on the rise in this class. He's already in the top 100 and, and has a chance to rise maybe a little bit more. So Illinois was was following him. Had, he was on their radar uh, and combined with his performance, just kind of getting the indication that he was at least interested in giving them a legit look. Uh, that made sense to bring him in on official. Now you mentioned Penn State. It's going to be tough to beat out the Nittany Lions here. They have the pre-established relationship. They have the fact that his brother went there and, and obviously had a lot of success and 
that staff at Penn State has, has done a good job, got them on campus for an official in June. Uh, and always coming off of an official at Miami, they're a factor as well. Took an unofficial to Seton Hall, but he'll arrive on Wednesday, be here through Friday for Illinois. And they're playing a little bit of catch up here. Uh, but a, again, a guard that he averaged about almost two steals a game throughout, you know, 14, 15 games at two week period that they were down in North Augusta. So he's definitely someone that is active uh, with his hands and, and trying to uh, get into you as a defender. And then if you get out in transition, he almost reminds you a little bit of Felice, like as far as his ability to weave through traffic and he gets to the rim, he can give you that shoulder and still finish. Uh, so certainly adding someone of that caliber with an apps, you know what he brings and a Harris that maybe he's a longer shooter, quicker, this guy's kind of the the thunder to some of that lightning that you already have in the backcourt. In the backcourt, I was gonna say he sounds like uh, the perfect complement to those two guys. Epps, kind of a smaller bucket getter, uh, can just just get get points, and then uh, sincere Harris, long athletic shooter. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, Cam Corin, Illinois needs some length. They need some depth. They need some guys who can develop and be that next wave of talent in the front court and. Cam Corrin already took one official visit to Illinois. He can take a second because the first was technically during his junior year. Now it's his senior year. This seems like a pretty good sign, Derek, that he's taking two official visits to Illinois. Do, do I cue my semi-sonic? Is, is it closing time for Illinois? It is closing time. It, it absolutely is. Now that's not to say that it's a slam dunk or, or that, you know, that it's already served up on a silver platter. It's just going to be a formality. Uh, but clearly the interest is, is at a very high level when he takes an official during the summer and then another one really at the first opportunity to get back on campus. And uh, we've talked in recent months, just his comments about Chester Frazier being the first high major coach to really dive in on him and believe in him. And uh, he's been quoted as saying, that's like a big brother to me. So uh, Chester has put Illinois in a great spot and, and they've definitely pressed the gas ever since Chester's gotten here. And um, yeah, I think that now Braden Huff not really being probably trending towards Illinois, probably trending elsewhere, whether it be Gonzaga or, or somewhere else. It, it, we talked, you know, at some point in recent weeks or towards the end of the summer, would there be a choice between corn or Huff? Would it be either or? They're all locked in on corn and trying to lock this thing down. I will say that Florida's. Those conversations, I love when fans say, would you take this guy or this guy? It's like, it usually doesn't work out that way. Usually you just recruit them both hard and whoever wants to come, you take them. Yeah, you usually don't have to to make those choices at the very end. It kind of it plays out uh, on its own. But Florida State, where Corrin has not visited yet, is in the mix for a visit after Illinois. Illinois, of course, would try to lock it down this weekend or shortly thereafter to where he wouldn't take that trip to Tallahassee because – we know Leonard Hamilton and the way he's been able to recruit and bring in talent. That would be a scary proposition for him to take a follow-up visit after that. USC's in the mix as well. So I do think it's closing time, but you want to make sure that you, you capitalize on that opportunity because it could get a little sweaty if you don't. Yeah, so back in the day when I was at the U of I campus, uh, my, my upperclassmen bar was brothers and they used to play mariah carey all i want for christmas is you that was the that was the finale so we're not quite playing that but it's on our list when it comes to cam corn derek tell us a little bit about cam as a player like what does he bring on the court how would he fit Illinois? six foot ten really long uh considered a modern five uh, i think that there you could maybe potentially play him as a four just because he can shoot it and stretch the floor uh, but what makes the most sense is a five who can 
pick and pop, pick and roll. He's a, he's very athletic, long and athletic, can block shots. Uh, he does need to add strength. It is something that you look at him. He has a nice frame, and, and he has worked on that particular. His upper body's gotten stronger, uh, but his lower body definitely needs some strength to be able to hold his post position to you know play defense when you're having a guy like a Hunter Dickinson that you would see in the league. I don't think he'll be there when Corin gets here, but uh, those type of bruising bigs that you see around the conference, he, he's going to need some time to get a little bit stronger. But uh, he offensively, he's got a, a really nice skill set. Uh, the jump shot is, is very pure. He can score out of the mid post as well, kind of a face-up guy that can put the ball on the floor a little bit. And he's going to be good in the pick and roll. because so He's a guy that with his length, with his ability to – to go up and get it, you know, you can high point an alley-oop and, and throw that down. So someone that's thought to have quite a bit of upside, uh, I think consistent production has still been a little elusive for him at times, just at this stage of his career and probably why he's not a certified top 100 talent. He's close to that 150 range. Uh, but in terms of upside, like he definitely has top 100 upside and, and being someone that if he figures it out and really progresses physically, he's going to be a handful in, in that front court. Yeah, just to, to whiteboard this, OA is ranked number 86 uh, in the composite rankings, 102 with 24-7 sports. Cam Corrin is ranked number 165 uh, in the composite. 24-7 sports is higher on him, has him as a four-star at number 110. I think you probably agree a little bit more with that one, Derek. And let's get to Cam Whitmore who um, I think is rising up these boards. 24-7 Sports has him as the number 27 player in the country. The composite has him a little further down at number 51. But uh, I think we both think Chester Frazier has ace potential. And, and if he lands corn on top of Epson and Sincere Harris, what a recruiting class uh, for Chester Frazier and Brad Underwood. But if he gets Whitmore... Yeah, that, that would be almost like, okay, ace stamped right on Chester Frazier, right out of the gates here. And I, I don't even know if you and I thought uh, he would do that right away, but they have gotten right in the mix for, for Cam Whitmore. As you said, North Carolina, Florida, Penn State, Villanova are involved here, but uh, this is this is Chester Frazier's doing, right? And this is a, this is a long-term relationship here. It certainly is. Has Chester written all over it. Whitmore is from it's about 20 miles south of Baltimore. So certainly the, the old stomping grounds for Chester where he's very connected and he's been on Cam Whitmore for quite a while going back to obviously when he was at Virginia Tech. Uh, and for them to get an official here in the fall, as Whitmore really is winding this thing down, he, he took quite a few visits in June, uh, one official to Maryland, went to Georgetown, Villanova, a couple other spots in the East Coast uh, on un unofficials. But as this is really boiled down, Illinois – even outside of their own circle, even nationally, is getting recognition as being a, a player to watch at the very least. Now, I know that Carolina just being, number one, being Carolina, it, they're going to get a lot of that, probably benefit of the doubt not. Okay, that's probably where people would pick that he ends up. Can, can but, we acknowledge that? That's probably a safe bet, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> if it's between a North Carolina and name any school in the next tier or the tier below that, I get why North Carolina is seen as a favorite. So Illinois fans, like it's just part of being a blue blood. Like it is, it is hard to beat those teams. And that's why to, to land somebody like Whitmore, if Frazier and Underwood could pull it off is, is a huge, huge thing. Certainly. And it does speak to obviously his talent and where he's stacking up in this class. And they offer it over the summer. Uh, made things tougher, definitely, as far as Chester closing the deal and Whitmer's coming off of his trip to Chapel Hill, which he took this past weekend. Uh, but the fact that he didn't commit, he's going to come to Illinois and wants to see it, wants to check it out. 
Um, that is a good opportunity, a huge opportunity, because I think that based on the way he played at Peach Jam, uh, watching the streams and seeing the stats and just kind of getting the gauge of what, you know, the Eric Bossies and other guys in the industry are saying, he has a chance to be not only a 24-7 five-star, but maybe even a composite five-star when his senior year is ultimately done, because that's just the way he's kind of rising up these, these boards. It's just a, a freak athlete. Like, he is just overwhelmingly athletic and ability to explode above the rim and just be strong and everything like there's a little bit of he hasn't shoot it as well as as miles bridges but there's a little bit of miles bridges to him i was just saying, it's been a long time since Illinois had a player like that right like brian randall had some freakish qualities as an athlete um never was the strongest guy and never was the most aggressive guy. Right. I think Brian never was the most aggressive player. And that's, it felt like, man, if he just, if he had that extra gear in him, it's obviously turned into a great success story as an NBA assistant coach, but it's been a long time since they've had a physical force like that out there on the wing. Um, Nick Anderson, you know what I mean? I, I'm trying yeah. to think of Kenny battle guys like that. It seems like Whitmore is of that kind of mold. Yeah, certainly a high flyer. That's, Definitely physically strong and and certainly plays with an edge. I mean, he's tough. He, he is very, very tough and could play a three or a four. You could put him at, a, at the four spot and play three guards around him or play a bigger lineup. If you're talking to Illinois specifically, you could play him at the three, Hawkins at the four. Um, there are some different things you could do with him, but uh, you, you want him out there on the court just because of, of that physicality and that I'm sure, you know, rebounding wise, being able to play defense, uh, those all factor into, you know, in addition, just, getting to the rim and, and trying to finish their contact or dunk on somebody or both. All right, Derek, that all sounds good. Let's talk about the flip side of this um, on after a quick break about, Hey, all oh, that's good. But if it doesn't result in anything, what's that mean for Illinois? Let's talk about that next on the online Enquirer podcast. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Derek, you talked about three top 110 prospects, uh, according to 24-7 Sports, taking official visits to Illinois this week. I, I would think we both think they're in a pretty good spot with Corn, at least have a chance at, at Whitmore and OA, top uh, tier for, for those two prospects. So they should land probably one of them out of that group. Um, but there is some pressure to hit, right, on this weekend, because you said there's, there's not another big weekend here. And it just feels like the board is, is thinning a little bit, even if you feel good uh, about what you have coming in this week and what you already have in the class. It is for sure. It is thinning out. Zach Keller is another guy that they're maybe playing the waiting game a little bit on. He's a four-star in the top 100 out of Colorado. He's a skilled four-man that they got it in on late. We'll see both in terms of their traction with him 
but also just how they want to approach if they want to push for him. Maybe if Corin doesn't pop, uh, that would be one that they would be willing to look at it at front court. But outside of him, it's not looking like, well, I'll just flat out say, you're not getting a visit from Jaden Shute, probably not getting a visit from Braden Huff. And I, Brad Underwood, in general, and we have discussed this some, is really prioritized trying to get impact players, particularly on at the garden wings. Like the big man, uh, knowing the way that development usually plays out, you need to be a little bit more patient with that. Uh, now it's not the Brandon Lee variety where you're not going to play for two or three years, but uh, he wants guys that can help them right away or go to the transfer portal because there's a lot of opportunity, as we saw this past year, just the, the depth of talent, the the high end side of that. We, I mean, we had McDonald's All-Americans who spent one year in college and were looking elsewhere. Guys who were really proven college players. Well, technically, even an All-American was in the transfer portal at one point. So, um, yeah, that is something that they're kind of thinking about. And what's interesting, and it was a narrative not only for Illinois, but for a lot of schools out there watching on the on the recruiting trail this summer was how many spots are we really recruiting for? Like it could be on the lower end of three or four, but just knowing the way guys go to the pro level, maybe earlier than they're, they're ready for, or guys look to transfer if they don't play, you could be recruiting for four spots. You could be recruiting for eight or nine spots. Who knows? So uh, I know that as far as Illinois goes, they're going to recruit these guys they're bringing in this week. Outside of that, it might be a, it might be a pivot to the portal for the most part this spring. The, the pivot to the portal is, is a great conversation piece, Derek, that, that does change with the one-time transfer rule, right? I mean, uh, we've been surprised in the past, like Alan Griffin entered the transfer portal. They make a lot of sense to us, but um, he got eligible. He got a waiver right away. Like, it makes sense when guys, like, after one year are just like, hey, I don't see it for me. I'm going to go somewhere where I play right away um, or play a role I want uh, a little bit more. Um, it, it makes sense then for the response to coaches to be like, I'm not going to go for a B prep target. If he's just going to transfer on me in a year, I'm going to go. My B target is going to be, let's see what's in the portal in April and May. And, and that guy's going to be ready to play, make an immediate impact. And now he could have three years of eligibility immediately, right? Like that makes a ton of sense as a response. So I feel like B targets, C targets, like I don't think you're going to see Illinois reaching for Matisse Vasile or, or Anthony Higgs, late in classes anymore. I think that's a thing of the past. Yeah, it certainly is. And for you looking at it, you mentioned three years of eligibility, like Omar Plains, Omar Payne has played two years in the SEC. He was a former top 50, top 60 recruit who has three years of eligibility now coming in uh, to your place. That was a guy that you were able to get in the portal. And, and I was looking through the CBS sports rankings of the top transfer. I mean, he wasn't even on top 85. That's how, how deep that was guys that were proven big 10 starters last year, like CJ Frederick, Daryl Morsell, uh, Armand Franklin, those guys were ranked like 45 to 55 as far as the best transfers in the portal. Like that says a lot about the type of guys and how many guys uh, were in the portal this past off season, not really expected to slow down at least as far as this upcoming off season. And when you're thinking you're going to have another big time season and, I know they're hoping this one ends in a, a nice run during the NCAA tournament. It puts you in a position to be able to, to hunt in that portal and have some confidence you'll be able to get some impact players. It's, it's why I can't wait for – we're going to have this at some point, from what I understand, like a recruiting ranking that includes transfers and preps. Because like that, that is recruiting now. Like You have to mix them together. So sometimes it feels like 
our prep recruiting rankings, like in a, in a vacuum makes sense. Like this is the best prep recruiting class, but it doesn't tell us everything. Um, and in more so now than ever, it's transfer recruiting is, is almost equal. Derek, to uh, prep recruiting, because you think some of the stars in, in college basketball, a lot of them uh, have transferred, and that, that's going to continue. Like, you know, Illinois fans cannot like Adam Miller for transfer. I think he's going to be pretty good for LSU. Like, that, that's a huge, big-time pickup and, and probably as big of a pickup for them than, say, some top 30 kid they brought in is, is a prep. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at what Texas did, Chris Beard in the portal this, this offseason. I mean, absolutely loaded up with – Marcus Carr, Christian Bishop. Six of the top 30 transfers or something like that. Like five. Mitchell. It was nuts. Yeah. And that, in terms of what you know you're getting out of that, with the, with those that are proven, and you're going to have the, the Mari Burnett, who was ranked as a, you know, top 25 to 30 guy that didn't show it in college. And then there's going to be some more question marks about his ability to produce that next upcoming year of course he's still going to have that talent and, and it does take some time for freshmen uh, but I mean Trey Mitchell like I said Marcus Carr those that have done it in college you're you're getting more instant impact and more known impact than maybe in recruiting not to say that it devalues but it might shorten the list ultimately of where high majors are going to look and what's that cutoff line of you know top 100 top 150 anything below that are they not rolling the dice anymore on, on that a Georgie Bashanish really might not even probably not even a guy you're taking anymore. All right, Derek, I want to ask you before we get out of here. Um, we've heard all about Chester Frazier. We've mentioned his name. What have you seen um, the impact so far of uh, Tim Anderson and, and Jeff Alexander guys, you know, Jeff has started, he's been a role of this. He put, he got maybe the biggest recruit in and helping get Kofi Coburn back to campus. Um, but what have you seen so far from those guys on the trail and, and looking forward, how, how do you see those guys kind of making an impact for Brad Underwood? Similar to Chester, Jeff's definitely known as a guy that uh, is going to grind, is going to work hard. He's, he's respected with the relationships that he has. And um, I know that he's probably disappointed or, or just the way it played out with Illinois Wolves. And that's where he invested a lot of the time this summer to try to recruit Jaden Shue, try to recruit Braden Huff and um, put Illinois in a position at least to have a shot with those guys. Uh, so that is disappointing. Uh, but I mean, obviously that it's bigger than just this, just this one class. So um, he's got in-state ties. He's got, um, you know, regionally in the Midwest. And uh, he's, he's also working Jeremy Fears in, in 2023 is one of his guys, Kylan Boswell, uh, Champaign native out there, you know, top 25, 30, both those guys, by the way, playing USA basketball under 16s and uh, Fears was going to be in Champaign this weekend had he not made the team and, and is down in Mexico right now competing. So, uh, Jeff is is definitely all in on those guys and uh, really pushing it there. And uh, with Tim, I think that there is still some more to be seen. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, I haven't gotten a chance to to really be around him. That was the great part of the summer, being around Chester, being around Jeff. And obviously, Jeff's a guy that we're, we're familiar with from just being here throughout Brad Underwood's tenure. But um, someone that is clearly going to have the, the Mean Streets connection uh, and see what that plays out there I think it's it's interesting to think about you know if you would have said back during last season and said okay you're gonna bring in Tim Anderson but like, oh AJ Casey should be out that should be a big time opportunity and that should you know give us the leg up but uh, the way that played out maybe not it, it doesn't seem like uh, mutual interest is still I, I think fairly low and I, I don't see that one panning out so uh, going in the future I know Xavier Booker is a guy uh, a center he's 
already on out of Indianapolis is actually going to, we should mention, he's going to visit this weekend unofficially. You have Jalen Hooks out of Indianapolis, the top 60, top 75 guy in 2023, going to visit. Um, Joey Brown's a point guard out of North Central in Indianapolis, going to visit as well. And Asa Thomas, a, a guy that's in-state, Lake Forest, Illinois Wolves, uh, a shooter, six foot six. The Jeff's on 2023. He's going to take an unofficial. So all those guys will be there at the football game on Saturday. And yeah, I think that you get a nice, a nice blend of some different things with, with these guys, different areas, different styles. In particular, I think that maybe Tim is more similar to Chin with like kind of the connections and Chester just might be that at the, he doesn't have connections. We're definitely seeing that, but uh, he's maybe closer to an ACE, maybe closer to a, to an OA in terms of just, being plugged in in the right places, but also just, I mean, that dude just works incredibly hard and he's, he's a competitor and takes a lot of pride in, in trying to get Illinois, you know, staying where they've, where they've gotten to. And just like OA, like he just has a way with people, man. Like he connects with them. I, and you know, I, I consider my, I can connect with people, but not as deep as these guys do. Like they just have a connection with people that um, very few seem to have. And, you know, th th those are big shoes to fill. And I think that's where everyone was so nervous is like, yeah, Stephen Gentry, good coach, obviously bright future, um, you know, Chin Coleman, Chicago connections, what he did with IO and getting out of Miller and Coleman, like all did great things, but it just felt like Orlando was, was irreplaceable and probably still is, but it's just like, you might've hit another home run, <laughs> Chester Frazier. At least it's looking that way uh, early on. All right, Doug, the other thing I was going to say is like, say they add Corin this weekend with Epps and Harris, all of a sudden, yeah, I know you could end up having like five or six spots by the spring with, with, you know, attrition, Kofi going pro, whatever it is, but uh, you're probably going to have one or two transfers in there. Like all of a sudden you, you can get a head start maybe on, on 2023, which Hasn't been the case for Brad Underwood uh, here recently. They haven't been able to do things like that. So uh, the potential to lock down three guys in the in the fall could could really expedite some 2023 efforts as well. And, and you just mentioned a lot of unofficial visitors. Feels like they can focus, put an eye towards that a little bit already. Yeah, that's a good point. And that, that would certainly be something they could focus in on because that pivot to the portal, if, if you're going to do that, or even just, like you said, getting Corin and, uh, looking more towards the spring to see what how things shake out. That's something that's going to just play out a little bit uh, and, and maybe not take up your immediate focus. And, and maybe that is the way it goes for the, the re remainder of the football weekends, like the Maryland Friday night game or the homecoming against Wisconsin. Maybe it's more geared towards 23s because you could, I mean, you could have a Kylan Boswell, Boswell on an official visit to come back to Champaign. Not that he'd necessarily need a, a place to stay because he's still got family here in the area, but uh, definitely, in, in in terms of you know trying to to make make hay early on, uh, maybe Jeremy Fears is a guy that I think they've done really well with that could pop early on for them. Uh, that would be interesting to watch, but uh, that is usually an advantage or, or thought to be an advantage if you can do your work early and and really lock in on some of those other guys. Because I know that in the past where they've had to work late into the spring, they felt like they've had to play catch up uh, on that very next class and. Uh, that wouldn't be the case uh, based on the way, really, I mean, huge credit to Chester with the way that he's set them up. And, of course, you know, obviously Brad and uh, the rest of the staff play a part, and, and they're going to have to do their work this week for a big one, you know, three guys coming in. I don't want that to go overlooked. The fact that you just said Jeremy Ferris could be a guy to watch in 2023. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on There's no crystal ball or anything quite yet, but, like, we went from – 
what we watched for the first couple years of doing this at point guard, Derek, to Andres Felice, Io DeSumo, Andre Curbelo, Jaden Epps, uh, and uh, Sincere Harris, and potentially a Jeremy Fears. Pretty good. Pretty good job, Brad Underwood, with the, with the point guard thing. That's kind of important in college basketball. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, it is. It's quite important, and the uh, the contrast is is really mind blowing as far as the the riches that you have at at point guard already. With you know, that's taking fears out of the equation, but just kind of the the guards you're in the mix for going forward. But the guards that you've had compared to uh, the past, where it was it was bleak to say the least for for a while there with John Gross. All right, Derek Piper, uh, exciting time for Illini basketball, exciting time for Illini football. You want to get a, a game season prediction for football while you're at it? I mean, I, we know I go to you every week, and and you were our best game picker last week, uh, last year for, for Illinois football because you, you went you went sour on him south after Wisconsin, yeah. which was the right call. Uh, I kind of stuck with him for a little bit, um, and then COVID uh, screwed up some of my picks. So you got any predictions for us you want to throw out there? I was going to say that might just mean that I'm a pessimist when it comes to, to football, but wait till um, my game and season predictions and they'll hate me. So don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I'm taking only this weekend. Uh, I like them against the Huskers. Uh, I'm pretty down on Scott Frost and company, just the turmoil, obviously the, the loss of a Wandell Robinson. Uh, I think Illinois gets it done. I think the crowd will help. Um, I, look, I, I'm skeptical too, as far as a, a handful of things about the team. Brandon Peters has got to show that he can be consistent. The re receiving core is, is very concerning uh, in terms of the depth and, and what's proven there. Uh, and the defense has a handful of questions as well. I'm very intrigued. I'm, I'm excited to see what Brad Bielma, what Ryan Walters, and, and Tony Peterson, obviously, along down the list, what they can do. Um, I take the over on three and a half wins, but I'm not going to be someone that – I'm not lontaying it and saying six or seven or bust. I, I, I'm not in that in that boat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like sometimes I'm like, I'm bullish on this team compared to everybody, but maybe not as bullish. Hope springs eternal, man, especially in a new era. But maybe I've covered enough first year head coaches in my short time covering this team, Derek. I'm just like, you know, I'm going to wait till I see it first before I, before I buy completely all in. But I, I think it's going to be a lot more fun brand of football. I think it'll be much more competitive and Man, Brett Bielma should have a competitive team here year one with all the super seniors. So maybe it all comes together. And, and Nebraska certainly is beatable. We saw that last year. And there is turmoil. But I feel like they're actually starting the right quarterback this time. And one who who scares me based on the last games Illinois played against Adrian Martinez. Certainly. And definitely understandable. Uh, I would just – I'm holding out hope. Obviously, if you're in the building, you're covering whatever, it's pretty fun, I can imagine – uh, being a competitive football game, see Memorial Stadium after a win would, would be fun to see. Uh, but I, I'd be holding out hope for an Adam Rittenberg tweet that says, sources say Scott Frost is not on the bus back to uh, the airport. He's um, he's being left in Champaign after a loss uh, to the Illini. <laughs> Leaving him on the tarmac like Lane Kiffin back in the day. All right, Derek Piper, not only a, f a basketball expert, but uh, football extraordinaire as well. Yeah. Derek Piper, looking forward to the content this week, the official visit primers, and, and a big weekend for Brad Underwood's program. Thank you as always, buddy. Yep, absolutely, man. Great stuff as always from Derek Piper. And, yeah, uh, he's going to have a busy week, as, as Joey and I were on the football side of it, but Derek's got a, 
a busy week with Illinois basketball recruiting. You'll want to be in on all the official visit primers, the recaps. I know he's going to have a column on what this uh, week is like for Brad Underwood with the opportunity in front of them. So check all that out at Line Inquire. And even if you missed on last week's great annual 75% off deal, you can take advantage right now. Go one month, first month, a dollar for VIP access. Great time to do that with Illinois basketball and Illinois football kicking into high gear right now. I appreciate you listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, a rating, a review, wherever you get your podcast is greatly appreciated. It helps us out. And as always, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.